Welcome to the Two Hmong Boys Podcast, where your hosts, Chu and Meng, give our hottest takes on current events and Hmong topics. So join us each week and sit back, relax, and cha ipa. Hey y'all, this is Meng and Chu from Two Mom Boys, and we're excited to start our second season of Two Mom Boys. Not only that, we're also super excited that sports is back. And, you know, the NBA playoffs are underway. Right now, we're into round two. Got some lot of great games and matchups. So, Chu, who do you got taking it all this year? <laughs> well, originally, I had the Bucks, but right now, fuck, I'm not so sure. Dude, they're not out of it yet. Three, three, one. I mean, yeah, I'm the type doesn't like put. I can't give all my hope to them because when they get when they lose, like that's when I get destroyed. You know, so I guess I'll be cheering for LeBron since I'm a LeBron fan. So I'll be cheering for the Lakers. Yeah, of course, you would pick the favorite uh, to to win. But um, you know, I I originally wanted to speak to Clippers. You know, I think at the beginning of the season we talked about this and. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many people picked the Clippers and the Lakers, so I just went with the outside-the-box pick, and I picked the Rockets. And because, you know, they're tied up one and one right now, they had a great game one. They were really close in game two, so I'm going to keep my money on them still. I actually want them to beat the Lakers because I hate LeBron and then to play the Clippers and lose to the Clippers because I want PG-13 to go get a ring. Well, um, I'm, a, I'm a James Harden hater, so I, I can't support yeah, that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but not only that, um, you know, people that were passionate for the sports being back – uh, because of our passion for sports, we wanted to focus our episode number one here on protesting in sports. And so for those of you who may or may not know, a couple of weeks ago, the Milwaukee Bucks protested game five against the Orlando Magic uh, to bring awareness to social injustice uh, due to the shooting of Jacob Blake right outside Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin. And if you guys don't know where Kenosha is really located, it's basically I mean, it's, it's a little bit outside Milwaukee, but I consider it part of Milwaukee practically. So very fitting that it's the Milwaukee Bucks who started the boycotts. And this had a domino uh, effect then of postponing more games of the NBA, postponing games in WNBA, Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball. So what Colin Kaepernick started in 2016 with a knee has now led to uh, athletes boycotting games in 2020. So, Chu, how do you feel about sports protesting, boycotts, and then what was your reaction to the NBA po- uh, protests? Well, just protesting sports, like, I think it's a good thing. Like, I don't really mind it, you know? And, like, I never had an issue with it. And I feel like this is, like, something that uh, black athletes or minorities can – it's, like, a platform for them to um, bring uh, this awareness to everyone else that wouldn't typically uh, be aware of it. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, you know, I think a lot of people, like, um, will say, like, why are they doing it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they can't change anything by by boycotting, protesting, whatever – but, but I, I actually beg to differ. I, I think where their role is, well, I think the role is is where they can play is is bring awareness. I mean, things aren't going to change until things change in our political system and things like that. But but they do have a platform. They reach millions of people who follow them, fans, whatever, and they're highly influential. And so I like the fact that uh, they did this. I think um, it actually caught me by surprise like that this actually happened because I was probably in that boat of like, are they really going to boycott? Because what can they really gain out of it? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then like, cause 
Because a part of me was like, if they're actually boycotting this, they wouldn't have come back and started the playoffs because they had that opportunity. There was talk going around of not even coming back and playing and to to make your statement felt then. And so um, this did surprise me that they would uh, that they actually did this. But I'm actually glad they did. Yeah, like, well, if we're talking about, like, the NBA protests, like, with the Bucks, like, I thought it was awesome. Like, it was crazy. Like, I was like, that's, so, like, the way they did it, I felt like it was organic and it was authentic. Because, like, uh, like, I was reading, like, George Hill, he didn't uh, try to convince the guys to boycott or, like, sit out the game. He was sitting out the game for himself. And then mm-hmm. the, uh, the his teammates were like, hey, uh, why are you sitting out, you know? And then he expressed his thoughts and feelings. And then all of a sudden they're all like, yeah, you know, that's true, you know? And then, mm-hmm. you know, and the way they went about it was they were willing to forfeit the game, mm-hmm. you know, to sit out the game, you know? So they were willing to give up a a, a loss uh, just to make a point. You know? yeah. so I, I, I love the fact that the Magic wouldn't take the loss. Like they yeah. wouldn't forfeit, right? So exactly. it really forced the NBA to be like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, we exactly. Either, and and I actually love that it was like it was it was Giannis. You know, obviously Giannis has to be bought in. You know, mm-hmm. if they're all going to do that. And you know, being the LeBron hater that I am, I'm actually glad that Giannis is the one who started it. And actually, you know, I I, I heard coming out of the players' meeting, like LeBron was kind of carrying himself all like very high and mighty. You know, and that, that wasn't very carrying a lot of like uh, a clout with with the younger people because who felt that they're underneath him. And and I I bet I mean a little part of me is like he's probably just jealous that he wasn't the one who initiated did that because he's lebron james you know so um you know i do give the bucks a lot of kudos and, uh, and props for for being able to do that i did read a little bit about what happened in the players meeting after mm-hmm. the protest and it did seem like lebron was like salty in a way yeah. <laughs> he wasn't included in this or like other teams were included in this and then now they had to react versus like um uh versus like joining together you know right right but like, <laughs> so I thought that was funny, but then you know, I did get his point. Like, you know, okay, yeah, you guys sat out, but now what's next? You know, yeah, yeah. And ultimately, you know, I I think part of part of the confusion was that the players weren't on the same page, right? Because mm-hmm. one team went by themselves. And ultimately, after the players meeting, I think they all got on the same page. Um, you know, the players have resumed. I, I'm I'm glad they have uh, resumed from my selfish you know perspective of wanting to watch the playoffs uh, and things like that. Um, so. So I, overall, I think it was great what they did. But you, should should politics? You know, I, I see this a lot where people like on Sports Center on Facebook. You see a lot of comments usually by like um, you got people are like keep politics <laughs> off of sports, right? Because yeah. I just want to watch sports and to be entertained. You know, how, how do you feel about like when you know, politics and activism living in sports? Dude, I'm laughing because you said me got people instead of white people. Well, you know. For me, like politics and activism in sports, like you know, I don't really care about it until like it matters. You know, like you know, it's, it's something that you don't really think about until like you know something like like what happened recently uh, in the NBA happens, and you're like, oh shit, you know, like you know, these people aren't just here for our, our entertainment. You know, they're also human beings, and like you know, they do have um, more than just they're more than just uh, players, you know? Yeah. So that's why, you know, I, I actually support it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's just, you know, you can't – politics and activism or politics in general, like, you can't really get away from it. And right. I agree. Like, 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 what, 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 what's the issue, you know? Right. I agree because no matter what, in every facet of life, 
um, to me, I don't even see it as a political issue. It, mm-hmm. It's just the the whatever the country is in right now, you know, and and that's going to be everywhere. You can't escape that. I think what people are trying to do is like, I see a lot of ugly with the country and I want to escape that and I want to just focus on the good. But I think I think that discounts the fact that the ugliness exists, you know, and and so I think, you know, it's perfectly fine. I have no issue with it, um, you know, and, and I actually think. It, it, you know, I think, you know, Spider-Man was it, Spider-Man said it with great power comes great responsibility. And I, and I think with, um, with this is like these, these sports leagues have a lot of influence, you know, mm-hmm. and, and therefore they do have a responsibility to help uh, move the nation in the right direction. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening. You know, I think the NBA, uh, you know, said they were going to contribute $300 million over 10 years to like, um, you know, foundations that will support black, um, you know, or economic uh, equality for blacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, N- the NFL finally is starting to get a little bit of pressure now too. And I think what, what I've heard that they're going to do for next season is put, you know, end racism in the end zones along with, it takes all of us. Right. So, so, you know, like people may say that's not going to change things, but I think bringing awareness to the millions of people who are exposed to these sports leagues is a good thing. Oh yeah, for sure. So with that, like, uh, just leading to the next question, do you have any issues with athletes who kneel during the national anthem? So I personally do not. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't see. I'm on. I'm on the side where patriotism is about making America better, um, and it isn't about symbolism. You know, the symbolism of the anthem, the symbolism of the flag, because because I think you know what the flag stands for is the land of the free, you know, all, you know, all of us, you know, moving the nation in the right direction and patriotism is, you know, I mean, protesting is fundamental to having patriotism Mm -hmm. and exercising, you know, your right to protest. And I believe, you know, people are on the other side of the fence, but like, I don't know. I think if at the core of it, if I, me personally, if I were in the military and people who fight in the military, if they're not fighting to defend their families or loved ones and they're fighting for the ideals of America, those are the ideals I believe they're fighting for, not the flag itself and so forth. But I don't have, I'm not a veteran, so I can't say how everyone feels. And I can see, I can understand and see how uh, some of people might feel on the other side, you know, who, who do see uh, symbolism as very important to them. The symbolism of the anthem and symbolism of the flag. Yeah. And you know, like, you know, I'm with you. Like I see both sides. So like, I do understand like why people would be for it and why people would be against it. Mm-hmm. For me personally, like I don't have a strong sense of patriotism, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, I'm an immigrant, you know, <laughs> and I wasn't born here, you know. Um, I never felt like I belong here. Plus, you're not even a U.S. citizen, <laughs> right? I'm not. Not. You're- I already told you this before. They're going to raise the price of citizenship applications. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got like this month to decide to or not. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, like I do believe in um, nationalism and stuff like that. You know, so I do understand it. You know, and you know, you know, I do accept that. You know, this is my country. This is where I'm from. You know, or this is uh, this is where I'm from now. You know, and this mm-hmm. is where my future is. So I do understand that. So it's really like tough with me, you know. Like uh, I, I'm, I can go either way, but, um, but personally, like, but for now, like I'm okay with like 
kneeling during the national anthem. And I could probably understand where you're coming from because like, you're very conservative. And like, hey, Mona, I bet you what they kill us. So like, we don't, what is patriotism, you know, to us, uh, you know, like it's, we don't, what's the concept of that? We probably do, don't understand that, you know. You know? Dude, I really do have a strong sense of loyalty. <laughs> like, like, meaning like, you know, if I did have a country, yeah, uh, like I had a country, I would be so loyal and like, I would be like, <laughs> so gun hole, you know? Yeah. So, man, I felt like I never, I was never accepted, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> You, you got some issues that you need to unwind then your acceptance issues by america to so we can turn you to more of a patriot yeah but even but like with that uh kneeling for national anthem like people felt like it was such a huge deal like uh, uh based off of like all the previous protests yeah like, uh, in history like you know with the olympics you know like with those two black guys raising their fists mm -hmm. uh, muhammad ali and like even with like some of the more recent ones that we probably don't remember, mm. like the Titans. Um, no, I'm sorry, not the Titans. The Rams protesting mm -hmm. like back in like 2000 something mm. shooting where like they put their hands up like this when they came out. Like with all that, like that wasn't like the outrage wasn't as big as the Kaepernick kneel. Mm -hmm. like, I, I just think. I just think like the Kaepernick Neil, like my personal perspective is like a lot of people have issue with it simply because he's doing it during the anthem. So they can very easily paint him as, as, as bad. Right. Mm -hmm. I also wonder how many people, these people actually even know the national anthem. Right. And, and how many people actually cared or stood up for the national anthem before, you know, as a fan, normally you'll stand up. Right. But like how many actually cared to do that or how many people were out pissing, buying, buying some junk food at the concession stands who are now all of a sudden like how dare he kneel during that when they themselves didn't give a crap about that um i don't want to bash on more but like for example like let's say you're at home and the mm -hmm. national anthem's on standing up are you standing up are you taking your head off like mm -hmm. my belief is the majority of people aren't doing that right yeah, you know i know there are exceptions there right. are probably a few you know that do do that yeah like <laughs> That's why I think it's a joke when they say it like that, you know. Yeah. So, but with that, like, I think Ming, uh, I think what uh, you had a quote earlier. With yeah, we were talking about that. Really, yeah, I felt like I really liked it, and I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I'm not gonna quote him word for word, but I think you know uh, Martin King Luther Jr. said this when he was. Uh, uh, I think he wrote a letter. I think when it's from Abraham or Birmingham when he was locked up, uh, that essentially said like the the biggest. Uh, barrier to you know progress is not the racist it's actually the moderate white man uh, who says i agree with the social justice you're trying to fight for i just don't agree about the way in which you're doing it you know and, and i feel like that a lot of this right here with kaepernick kneeling and these protests are you know i think a lot of uh white people are 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 not racist and and, and do want to have social justice uh, but but then they want to tell people how they need to uh, protest in order for you know for it to be accepted to be heard and 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 I 100% agree with that because it's a moderate white males that you need to get to to be allies to support racial justice uh, and move that forward um, and and until and if and if and if and if we have to protest and if people protest the way they want I just feel like it's a status quo we've been doing that for the last 20 30 40 years right and and look at the, the lack of progress that's been made. Mm. Well, and that's why I felt like that quote, like the um, 
fit perfectly with the uh, kneeling of the anthem. You know? With all the other stuff, you know, like it was like peaceful protest, like quiet, you know, like it was only like one or two people. And also like with the national anthem protest, that was like, like people felt like it was a huge thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it got like, a lot of people on board, like other yeah. players on board and then you know, like it was changing the way people protest uh, peacefully. Yeah. Like I said, like we went from someone kneeling during the anthem 2016 to now sport, like yeah. empowering sports figures to boycott games in 2020. So, uh, you know, overall, I just hope that this, you know, the boycotts that they just did will continue to lead to discussion, will continue to drive, you know, the right levels of change, knowing that obviously sports is not going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a great place and platform to use to change that. So I'm hopeful that in the future, um, you know, things can change in the right direction. Yeah. And like, you know, the most important thing right now is bringing awareness, attention, and acknowledging that there's an issue. But, you know, the most important, uh, the next step is, you know, doing something to make the actual change. Yep. And, and that's where we're going next. Yeah. And, and um, you know, a lot of times we pay, we pay a lot of attention to federal government. And, and voting for the federal government, who's president. Um, but, you know, I think after the George Floyd shooting, Barack Obama came out and said this, local government is more, like, more instrumental in, in the changes that we want to drive and change. So with elections coming up, you know, I think it's important we get out there, vote, not only focus on federal government level, but really educating ourselves on local level changes that can actually make changes in the in the institutions that we need to be changed, uh, in, you know, locally. This is going to be our first episode of Mong Thung Mong on our second season. And before we start, we want to welcome Yua to our show, who's going to be our guest co-host for our season two. Hey, Yua. Hey. So the reason why we invited Yua was it turns out Yua's been killing that life too. So she has a lot of life advice, a lot of shit that she could provide to this so that's why we brought her on too you got anything to say to the audience i don't ready to kill this though all right let's go so in two bomb boys fashion let's kick it off with a shot right guys ready (sighs) cheers all right All right, let's get into this. So, yo, you got this one? Yeah, I do. So Anonymous says, it'd be nice if I end up marrying a Hmong guy. But for some reason, I don't see that happening for me. One thing I notice is that Hmong guys in general prefer to be with Hmong girls who are less educated or successful. As for me, I'm not educated, but I'm pretty successful. I have a good paying job, I'm living on my own, have my own car, and I never have to ask anybody for help financially. For some reason, me being independent scares Hmong guys. Question is, why are some Hmong guys afraid uh, afraid of talking to successful Hmong girls? To you want to start before I lay into this one? Well, my thought is like, how successful is she really? Mm-hmm. All the stuff that she's saying, she like lives by herself. She has her own car. Uh, she has a need to ask people for money. That just sounds like being a, a, an adult. Good job. You're an adult. Congratulations. Yes. You made adult. it. You made it. So my, well, my advice would be 
find another Hmong guy that is an adult. Yeah. And <laughs> talk to that person. Right. It's not that fucking hard. And just, and just you, know, you know, and losers and drug addicts or whatever she's hanging around. Because it's kind of like she's hanging around a bunch of loser guys. It, and just how I read this is just like, I don't know, man. Like, I'll tell you, unless you tell me how much you're making, what car you're driving, and these things like that, like, then I could feel like, okay, you're like, to me, I actually don't define success with money. Okay. So, like, but the way she's talking about it makes it sound like money is what's driving her success. So, until I know that's, how much money she's dang, making, I can't validate dang, that or not. Dang. That's just, that's like, that's like, says someone who has money, though. So yeah, money, okay. yeah, um, money. But anyways, but like for me, it's like so. So when I read this, Much I like, people I, here, like, you know. It's it's like the king Like like she's the only one saying she's successful. I mean, are other people saying she's successful? Like it's easy to say, damn, dude, I finally moved out of home. I'm 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 making thirty thousand a year. I live on my own. I'm successful. Like and, and which is fine in my own right. But then to be like, oh, all these Hmong women over here, like they can't handle me now because because I I'm an adult. I don't know, like, so I mean, is this girl even close to what our girl Yo is? Like, you know, <laughs> she, she lives on her own, man. Our, our girl Yo owns her own fucking house. Okay, shoot. Yeah, Yo, how much money do you make a year? <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> okay, but, but okay, but over that. Oh. So make sure to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but but enough of like calling her success i mean let's just go to the root of the question maybe right it's like uh when when women are generally successful uh she's really asking why can't Hmong men handle that and, and, I, and i and i and i do see that like with actual successful women uh, like i've had uh, friends who have told me like um home men are intimidated by, by her because they they are independent and they're successful um and so thoughts you i mean y'all i mean are Hmong men intimidated by you? Like, do you, do you wish you can end up with a Hmong man? Like, are Hmong men talking to you? Uh, I think some try to, but some don't. I, so it's like, I, I don't know. I can't say that they're intimidated by me. Maybe they're not attracted to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe I'm not lit enough. You know, maybe I'm not. Yo, 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 yo. Tom, 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 Tom. Yo, this segment ain't about being humble. <laughs> yeah. But, we're living our best lives, and we're trying to help people out. Come on! But thank you for bringing, yeah. but thank you for bringing up the pretty part, though, right? Yeah, like, like it thinks, that, it thinks that the guys aren't talking to her because she's not. She might be too successful. But I mean, send me your picture, and I will tell you if that's the case or not, or if the guys aren't talking because they're not physically attracted to you. Right. And not to put anybody down, but like reality is, guys are not going to talk to somebody they're not physically attracted to. I mean, to be honest, I think any man out there would want a sugar mama. So. It's kind of like, especially because, like, as you guys have stated, she is defining her success in terms of monetary value, right? Of mm -hmm. uh, um, money, and so I don't know a guy out there that wouldn't want a sugar mama. So, right? Yeah, I mean, I want a real sugar mama who yeah. can like, <laughs> be steak with every night and take me on trips. I want a sugar mama where I can just sleep over her apartment because she's yeah. out of my place. That's too. But well, if we want to be real, we, we can look at it another aspect, you know? We're like, okay, yeah, she's successful in the terms of, like, money or, like, independence. Mm -hmm. But, like, she's not successful in terms of, like, education, you know? Because she said that she's not educated. Right. But, but it sounds like she wants a guy that may be educated. And, like, the, I think another aspect of that is, like, guys that are educated, most of them may want another educated like women 
and another person that they feel like is on their level. So maybe she's not to that level yet. And that maybe that's where she's having some issues. And my advice would be, you know, lower your standards then. I I think for me, uh, typically when this happens, it's that the reason why, okay, let's just say she's pretty enough, right? And everything's like, Mm -hmm. the reason why guys don't go for that is that a lot of times the women who are successful, right? So it's not just the fact that they are, uh, that they, they stay away from you because it could be the way in which you carry yourself and how you treat them, even though you're more successful than them, doesn't mean you can disrespect them. And, and I think a lot of times, a lot of women who are very successful feel like they don't need to answer to the man. They don't need to do anything for the man. So they disrespect the man. And I think that is ultimately the reason that drives a man away. Because I think if you're a woman, and as, as you said, we want to show your mama, but we're not going to take a sugar mama at the expense of being disrespected by, you know, by her at the same time. And so I see it as like, if you, if you know, and I know plenty of women who are more successful, successful than their husbands. And, but they are very, they know, they know how to pay their man respect. And that's how the man can stay with them because a man will not stay with you if you cannot respect him. True. Respect. Just to summarize what Ming said. So what Ming is trying to tell this girl, just put out more. (laughs) 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 That's pretty much what Ming just said. Um, All right, Joshua, uh, last thoughts? Uh, I really don't have any, but this was pretty fun. Like, <laughs> hopefully we were able to help someone or two. That's pretty cool. So Yeah, so if you have some real problems, you know, you've got three people with a lot of wisdom. Shoot us a DM. Send us your problems. You can be anonymous if you want to. And we'll, we'll give you guys what we really think. Uh, candid answers. We're not going to sugarcoat it. And, you know, we'll help you out. Like and follow us on Facebook for more content and to stay updated on when we'll be back for season two. Until then, ciao.